Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Are you guys in for a massive treat today? I am beyond excited for you guys to hear my chat that I did with Georgie Marutis. Georgie is a theta healer and she says this word much, much nicer than I do. It's her beautiful Australian accent. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this quite right, you guys. My uh, Midwest accent's coming out real thick, but theta healing is this incredibly amazing modality that I had never heard of until today. And about two minutes in, I was totally hooked. I am crazy obsessed and cannot wait to dive in way more for my own personal benefit from this and for all of you to hear all about this this trade, something new. If it is to me, maybe it is to you as well. But it's talking about diving into our subconscious, really rewiring our brains and releasing our toxic thought patterns and behaviors that we ourselves have, our core beliefs, as well as our epigenetics, things that have been passed down from lineage to lineage in our genes and throughout our families and how we can truly tackle that take that out and begin to rewire our brain to fill it with these positive downloads to stop this cycle of self-sabotage. It is absolutely fascinating. Fascinating. You all are going to love this so much. And if you do, make sure that you share it with somebody. Tag it on Instagram. Tag me on Instagram. Let me know that you are hearing it and loving it because it is a message that we want to continue to spread All the amazing women that I have chatted with have such great stories, and I know that it's impacted so many of you, and we want that ripple effect to continue. So share it. If you are loving it, I want to know about it, and sit down and listen to my amazing guest, Georgie, today. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited to chat with my guest today, Georgie. Welcome, Georgie. Thank you for having me. Yes. Why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners who you are? Uh, So my name is Georgie Marudis and I'm a theta healing practitioner and instructor. Uh, So I've been doing this uh, for close to two years now. Um, And the reason I sort of got into theta healing is because really I started off um, with a session so that, you know, um, I was looking for a way to sort of help myself and help my clients. Um, And I came across Theta Healing through a friend of mine. And after one session, I felt like it had changed my life. So, you know, the rest is sort of history. (laughs) I started doing um, the courses and started practicing and working on myself. And now I work on others and also teach the classes as well. So it's been an amazing journey so far. 
So neat. And I'm not familiar at all with this. This is totally new to me. Yeah. And if it is to the listeners, can you explain just a little bit more of what that is? Yeah, of course. Um, it's something that, you know, is very common thing with a lot of people. They've never really heard of it before. Um, but generally what theta healing is, um, and I'll try to sort of explain it in the simplest terms. Um, with theta healing, we use the theta brainwave to basically access and tap into the subconscious mind. So when we sort of um, enter that theta brainwave, we're able to really talk to the subconscious mind and from there we're able to release any past traumas, any past fears, any limiting beliefs that are sort of keeping you stuck and stagnant in life. What an amazing method of healing. Yeah, so it goes really, really deep which is why I love it so much, goes sort of to the core of whatever the root problem is. And a lot of the times, you know, um, they'll show up in different forms of manifestation in our life, like maybe, you know, like a lack of money or we're feeling unfit and unhealthy, you know, all these sort of manifestations that come about in our external reality have a much deeper root and cause to them. And a lot of the time um, they've got really nothing to do whatsoever with the actual physical manifestation so it's about really digging deep and finding what's causing your external manifestations through the subconscious mind and releasing that and then downloading ourselves with new positive beliefs that allow us to move forward in the direction that we want. I have done a little bit with some subconscious work and some kind of hypnosis pieces too and the more you really dive into it, you can really begin to see that the root of all of the things in our lives are so much drawn back to that programming that we have in our subconscious mind. That's absolutely correct. And the one thing that I've noticed from a professional but also personal standpoint is that the subconscious mind plays such a massive role in the creation of our reality. And it plays such a big role that to most of us, we actually don't realize how much it does so. So, you know, even sometimes the simplest things that, you know, we've either been programmed, um, you know, because within theta healing as well, there's four different belief levels. So, um, you know, we have the core beliefs, which are things that or beliefs that have been created mainly um, in this lifetime from when you were a child. And sometimes it can also be beliefs that were created later on in adulthood, but majority of the time it's from childhood programming. But then um, there's also beliefs on the genetic level and there's been a lot more scientific research that's been coming out as of late about epigenetics and the trauma and fears that are passed down through the genes um, so that that comes into effect as well. And then there's also within the theta healing as well, there's the history level of belief, which is group consciousness. So as a whole, as a world, as a society, what we sort of all believe and tap into, but then also sort of uh, beliefs that have been passed down from past lives and so forth. So there's so many different aspects that really you know, do play a role in day to day. And sometimes we're sort of, I guess, um, sleepwalking in a way uh, to what's really going on. I am so fascinated. I like, as you're speaking, I'm trying to remind myself, okay, you need to be present because you have to ask her other questions. Like you are hosting this, but this, I, in knowing of this for three minutes, I'm totally obsessed with it. 
yeah, that was I, sort of my my journey as well. Because like once I, you know, when I first discovered all of this stuff, I just I delved straight into it. Like I I jumped pretty much with both feet in and was like, I want to know everything and there was to know about theta healing. And for me, um, the reason I'm such a massive advocate is because when I first started out, I actually didn't want to be a, pardon me, when I first started out, I actually didn't want to be a theta healing practitioner. I just wanted to use the tools for myself um, to improve my life because at the time that sort of came about into my life, I was actually going through a really, really hard time um, mentally, emotionally, physically, and I was sort of looking for a way to be able to deal with all of that in a healthy way Um, because I knew I just had this like gut feeling that there was something out there that would be able to help me really, really change my life because I felt so stuck. Um, And so when I came across this and realised the potential that it had to change my life, I fell in love with it. And I basically, I was lucky at the time that I was able to stop working for about two years and really just focus on doing the courses and practicing every single day because that's the biggest thing I have found with Theta Healing. Once you do the courses for yourself, you've really got to practice so that you can own your skills and really be like the best um, Theta Healer that you can be. And so originally I just worked on myself every day um, so that I could improve my life. But then when I noticed the incredible impact that it had on me but also on my family because when you work on the genetic line, it also clears your parents, your future children, generations. It clears, I think, from memory up to seven generations back and seven generations forward. And so when I realised the impact that it was having on my life, that's when I was like, oh, I've actually got to help other people with this as well because it's such an incredible modality. It helps people drastically, even in such a short amount of period of just one session. So it's been amazing. Such an interesting concept too with the epigenetics and in the lineage and that healing. And you really think you're just kind of layering after layer, generation after generation mm. of somebody else's suffering and struggles and over and over and over again. Yeah, but it's a lot. It it really is, but it's also such a blessing as well because if the genetics um, and all that's passed down in the genetics wasn't, you know, if it wasn't passed down, we would be missing missing out on the good stuff as well. So yes, there's there's trauma and there's you know some of the negative beliefs and limiting beliefs that are passed down through the epigenetics on the genetic line, but then there's also so many incredible things like strength and courage. You know, if we look back to a lot of our ancestors, they had really hard times. You know, they had to learn a good work ethic and they had to work hard. And for a lot of them, it was very much survival mode. But within that and within their lifetime, they also learned so many amazing characteristics and values, you know, family values, um, all that kind of stuff that's also been passed down. So it's when it comes to theta healing, we don't want to eliminate or get rid of the good stuff because with that genetics, you know, there are so many incredible things that have been passed down to us. Um, like even if you were to look into your own life and you were to look at the things that you've learned from your family and from your parents, yes, there's probably been some bad stuff, but there's also been some really incredible things. So it's about 
keeping those really, really good qualities and tools and skills that we've learned. But it's about releasing the negative ones, the ones that keep us stuck, the ones that stop us from creating what the life that we want. I so appreciate Georgie. Anybody who can come, you know that you're a good healer when you can say, yes, there's negative, but we always have to look at the positive where it's not just this doom and the gloom, but there is so much light and love that can come from any situation. A hundred percent. And I've really, really come to believe that there is no negative. Um, I personally believe that all negativity is really an illusion. Um, It's an illusion that we create because it serves us for some reason or purpose. But at the end of the day, it's just about digging in to find out why it's serving us. And when you can figure out why it's serving you, I mean, for me, that's where the biggest blessing is because within that, that is where your lessons are. That's where you can learn so much about yourself, about your behaviours, about, about why you're participating in certain behaviours. Um, and really at the end of the day, every single moment, whether you know it's perceived to be bad or good, is really just a gift because we're learning so much and that's really what we're all here for is to really learn, grow and evolve. Um, and we do that through experiences but it's how we label them that defines our experience. So if we're going to label it as negative, then that's literally what we're going to create. It's all a self-fulfilling prophecy. Did you have that theory and those feelings on negativity prior to your theta healing? Um, I think they weren't as sort of ingrained, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. my journey, I feel, began sort of in what year was it? It would have been 2012. You know, I was going through a really, really toxic relationship and a bad breakup. Um, and I was binge eating all the time. So I would say during that phase in my life it was sort of what led me down, you know, the self-development path. Um, if I hadn't experienced the binge eating, I wouldn't be where I am today. But in that time in my life, when I was going through it, it was a really, really hard time. Um, you know, there were times where I just didn't want to be here on earth, on this earth anymore. There was times where I felt completely hopeless um, and felt like there was no way out. But I think a deep, deep, deep part of me knew that I was going to be okay and somehow get through it, um, which was sort of what kept me going. But, <clears throat> you know, during that time in my life, I wouldn't say that I looked at, you know, the negatives in my life as a positive. In that time, I was very much... Um, sort of in the midst of the drama, living the drama, believing in the drama. And because I was so in it and so blinded by it, I really couldn't see the positivity. But as I've been able to clear so many beliefs and spend so much time working on myself, um, that's where I'm now in a position where I sort of no longer get swept up in the drama. I can sort of see it for what it is, move on it, move past it. I mean, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm also a human being. So, you know, I would be lying if I said there isn't sometimes where I do get swept up in the drama or I sometimes, you know, 
don't see what's going on in my life because, you know, at the end of the day, that's why we're here. We're humans experiencing. And sometimes, we, yeah, we do get caught up in it all. So it's just about being easy on yourself, forgiving yourself and just learning from it and then moving on without the judgment, the criticism, the self-hate and all that kind of stuff. I think it's really powerful too sometimes to, yes, we get caught up in it, but I to me, there really seems like that's a space also where there's a lot of feeling the dark emotion and maybe it's taking that moment or two to get caught up in the swing of things, but to really say, Hey, I'm having an emotion that isn't maybe the most comfortable to feel, but I'm going to feel it. And I'm going to take my time to sit in my victim role for a little bit and then take what I need to do to begin to move out of that. And I think that's really important because I think sometimes as a society, like I um, have incredible parents, but I was sort of raised um, when I was a lot younger that I had to be strong and not feel my emotions. So for me, for such a long time, that was a very hard concept to um, delve into, to feel, you know, the whole feeling my emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, a little bit of a journey in itself. But I totally agree in terms of, um, feeling your emotions. But I definitely think there's a little bit of a fine line with that as well. I think it's important to feel your emotions without um, getting swept up in them, without living them, without becoming them, without um, using them in a way to, for whatever purposes, whether it's to gain um, sympathy from someone or anything of those sorts. I think it's important to feel it and to find the ways to health, you know, in a healthy way to let them go, to take what you've learned, to take the wonderful lessons, skills, abilities, everything that you gain from it, but to then let go of the negativity behind it as well. How is that possible? How do you begin to let go of some of that negativity? I think a lot of it has, you know, like the biggest, biggest form of protection that we have is forgiveness. Um, And so I think for a lot of us, if we can sort of tap into that ability of forgiving, because I know for a lot of people, it's really hard to forgive. And and this was even my case just a couple of years ago. You know, part of me sort of believed that if I was to forgive someone, then I would have to condone their behavior or allow them back into my life. Um, And for me, that was a really hard concept because I was like, I don't want to be condoning that bad behavior in any way. Um, so I was sort of holding on to a lot of grudges, a lot of resentment and all that kind of stuff um, as a form of protection. And so what I was able to sort of discover along the way is that forgiveness is not about condoning that person's behavior. It's not about even letting them back into your life. You always have the choice of whether you want someone to be a part of your life or not, but it's about setting yourself free. Because when you forgive, you're no longer energetically attached to that person and that person can't suck your energy. Um, They can't take anything from you energetically anymore. So it's about having forgiveness. It's about setting yourself free in that way. But it's also, so that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect is also just figuring out how it's serving you. Because the reason we create or have the manifestations in our lives is because it's serving us in one way. And that's because basically the subconscious's mind's role is to protect us. So if we're creating something in, in our reality, it's because our subconscious mind believes that this is the best way to keep us safe. 
Um, so if you can sort of, and, and it's really just sort of like a um, get to know you sort of thing where you sort of go within and ask yourself questions like, what am I getting out of this? What are the benefits that, because, you know, with bad behaviours or perceived bad behaviours, there are a lot of negatives involved that, which is why we call it a bad behaviour because we think that it's holding us back and there are so many bad aspects to it, but it's the good aspect that we're holding on to. There's one positive or maybe two positives that we're getting out of the bad behaviour, which is why we keep recreating or we keep participating in that bad behaviour. So it's just identifying um, being like, what am I getting out of this? Why does it serve me? What are the benefits that I'm gaining? How can I get those benefits in my life without this bad behaviour, you know? And so when you can start to like investigate, you know, because I sort of like to think of myself as sort of like a detective, you know, even when I'm working on somebody else, it's just sort of digging deep to find what's going on. I think sometimes too, we stay in that place of those bad behaviors because they're quite simply, they're comfortable. They're familiar. A hundred percent. And, um, and that's the other thing too, sort of like the subconscious mind knows how to deal with the familiar, you know, it knows how to deal with your current situation because you've been in it for so long. And so it wants to keep you there. Um, but it's about being like, is this what makes me happy? Do I want to stay here? You know, because, I mean, at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with where you are. Wherever you are in life is exactly where you're meant to be. It's perfect. You're learning so much from it, which is why you're there. But it's about being like, do I want to stay here or do I want to create something different? And if you want to stay there, that's perfect. You know, good on you for knowing that and, and sticking with it. But if you want to end up somewhere else, then it's about realizing, okay, well, the subconscious, you know, feels comfortable with my current reality, but I've got to make some changes. I've got to change some beliefs so that I can really create the life that I want. And realizing that we truly, truly have that power. Nobody can do it for us. We have to decide that and then move in, lean into that. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And no one's going to do the self-belief work for you. No one's going to do um, the healing for you. Like even if you were, for example, you know, come and have a session with me, you still have to make that decision to book that session. So it's not me doing the hard work. It's really at the end of the day, you doing the hard work and realizing that, hey, this is what I want. This is what I got to do. This is the direction that I'm heading in. And you've really just got to embrace it all because at the end of the day, it's your journey. These are the lessons that you need to learn. No one can learn the lessons for you. No matter how much, you know, someone may sort of like want to push it in your face, unless you're willing and open to learning and evolving and growing, then you won't. I did a podcast episode where I talked very similar onto that. It was everything that came across in my life. I was looking for it to save me, whether it was somebody with healing or a diet or an exercise plan or meditation or whatever, like everything. I was just hoping that like, this was it. This was the one thing that would save me. And you, I finally got to a space where it was, I had to do the work. I had to save myself. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm not do that for you. Yeah, exactly. And sort of you saying that reminds me of um, there's this video out there 
um, that was it is an interview of the wonderful and incredible Simon Sinek. I think that's how you say his name, um, where he basically talks about, you know, if you're in a relationship with one particular person, he asks you, when was the day that you fell in love with that person? What particular moment? Name the date that you fell in love with the person that you're in love with. And basically his message behind that is that there wasn't a particular date where you fell in love with that person. It was the um, it was a, a combination of different days, of different events. It was them waking up and turning to you and giving you a kiss and saying good morning. It was them making you breakfast in bed. And it was a culmination of a whole bunch of stuff. And you woke up one day realizing, hey, I love this person. And it's the same thing with fitness, for example. You know, you wake up every day and you go to the gym and you eat healthy. And then and sort of like, you know, day after day, you may wake up and see no results. But nine months down the track, you wake up and you'll be like, oh, my goodness, I'm fit. You know, I'm healthy. Look, I've lost like 30 kilos. But if you were to try and pinpoint one particular day where you became fit, you can't because it was a culmination of daily habits and daily practices that led to that. And it's the exact same thing with healing. You know, you're never really done. I don't think anyway. There's always sort of something to, to work on. on a soul's, from a soul perspective, we've all been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, lived thousands of different lives. So it's sort of like we've had so many different experiences so, you know, how can we sort of be done after one, two, three, four healing sessions? It's sort of a journey and unfolding of everything. And as sort of certain situ- situations come up, they may trigger a past feeling or past event that then begins to unfold. But it's just having that awareness so that you can then deal with it. Like even for me, for example, right, Um prime example I woke up yesterday um, you know just before this podcast with an incredibly sore throat to the point where I almost didn't have a voice and that was just my subconscious mind resisting doing the podcast but you know I'm not going to sort of let that stop me so you know it's just coming down to being aware of that realizing that that was my resistance and that was just because you know this is something new for me um, and you know, my subconscious mind is trying to keep me safe, but that, yeah, like I said, that's not going to stop me. So it's just moving forward. Georgie, you are my kind of lady. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to let that stop me. I'm going to screw it. I'm going to do it. And I yeah. have, to, I have to make myself uncomfortable and push forward. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable because really at the end of the day, the only constant thing in life is change. You know, you're always going to be changing. Whether you realize it or not, you're always going to be moving forward. You move through different cycles of life. Even from a little baby, you know, you're a baby, then you're a toddler. You know, then you go into sort of being um, a teenager. And then from a teenager, you become an adult. You go through college. You go through school, this, that. Then, you know, you go into the workplace. From the workplace, you may change different jobs. Then you become, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, you might become a mother or father. And then that becomes a different time in your life so there's always constant change through life and it's just realizing that and being like the only constant thing in life is change so if we resist it we're just going to make our lives harder Um, but if we just go with the flow then life is really easy oh yeah and I don't like it I don't like (laughs) that that's a fact but it is what it is and it's true it's so true 
What does a typical theta session look like? I'm sure they're not typical. I'm sure that that's a little <laughs> bit of a loaded question. Um, so basically, um, like, yeah, every single session is different because everybody wants to work on something differently or even if, you know, two people sort of want to work on the same thing, it always be, ends up being completely different. But generally speaking, um, I do all my um, theta sessions via Skype because um, I have a lot of international clients as well. So basically we'll connect via Skype um, and you will let me know first off what it is that you want to work on um, because I get a lot of information about what's going on in your life anyway when I sort of tap into your energy. But it, it comes down to what you want to work on. So, um, yeah, so you'll let me know what it is that you want to work on. I will then ask for your permission to tap into your energy and see what's going on about that particular subject and why that's playing out. Um, and then basically we go then from there. So we'll sort of maybe do a little bit of digging to find out why it's serving you. Um, then we'll, you know, I mean, it's really all so different. But generally speaking, we clear a lot of the um, bottom beliefs, the negative beliefs that are keeping you stuck and stagnant. And then we download you with new positive and empowering beliefs that uplift you and motivate you to sort of move forward about that specific topic. Um, and, yeah, that's sort of generally how it goes. And it usually, you know, each session goes for an hour long. Um, some go a little bit longer just depending on the person um, because some of this stuff is so hardwired within our um subconscious mind you know for some of us depending on what topic it is that you're talking about you know this is something that we've been participating in for you know lifetime after lifetime after lifetime so depending on you know what subject it is and how deeply ingrained it is sometimes it might even take more than one session um, but it really is just based on the, on the individual is it typically a one session thing and that is removed and you have your new downloads or is it something that you continue have continually have to come back to time and time again? Um, I'll give you an example. So for example, with um, me and um, cause I was binge eating for such a long time. Um, when I stopped binge eating, I stopped binge eating, which was amazing, but I did still, and I'll just clarify cause for me, binge eating was eating to the point where I was actually physically sick. So I would throw up, right? Mm -hmm. um, so for me, when I stopped binging, I stopped binging. But there were still times where I would turn to food for emotional comfort, right? So when I did belief sessions about that and about turning to, you know, food for comfort, I reckon I probably did maybe about 10 to 20 sessions on that alone in my own time and that was just because there were so many different facets that were serving me so the way that I like to explain it sometimes is like if you take an onion for example if you take the top layer off there's another layer underneath right and then when you take that layer off then there's another one underneath so the idea of it is to take off as many layers as you can until you get to the core of the onion. And once you get to the core of the onion, that's when you're sort of done with the situation um, and you can finally let it go. But, you know, sometimes those onions are really, really small, like those mini, mini onions that you can get. And sometimes those onions are like 
the mega onions that you can buy from your supermarket, which are really, really big and can take a little bit longer. It just comes down to how many things you get out of it, how much it really, really serves you to hold on to it. That makes sense. That definitely yeah. makes sense in different areas. And is it something where if I'm struggling with a multitude of things, I should just focus on like in your example, you focused on binging and your ties to emotional eating and, and using food in that support. If it was then you struggled in a relationship, would that be a separate session and you struggle with work or is it kind of all encompassing? Uh, well, it's funny that you say that because the universe works in wonderful ways. Um, so, you know, I can have a client with a session where they may have like three different issues that are running in their lifetime in a particular moment. And if you just deal with the main one, it will clear all the others as well. Mm. You know, because it's really everything's so linked together. Um, and sometimes the, the the bottom belief or the you know the root cause of the of the issue can create different forms of manifestation in your reality. So, you know, with with theta healing, basically, the simplest way to explain it is if you were to have like a wall that's made of bricks, right? If you were to think of the wall as all of your belief or some of your beliefs right? A system of beliefs. If you were to take the top brick off or even a couple of the bricks off the top, the wall would still be there, right? And you wouldn't really have made any much of an impact to the wall. But the idea with Theta Healing is that we do what we call digging so that we can get to that bottom brick all those bottom bricks if there's more than one belief. And the idea is to rip those beliefs from the bottom of the wall and so when you rip out those, those, those blocks, um, the whole wall comes tumbling down. And so the, that whole wall, um, if you were to, say, consider them all beliefs, basically, when you get those bottom ones, you eliminate not just those bottom beliefs but all those other beliefs that were built upon it, which is why when you do a session and you, 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 know, you clear one particular topic, it can have an impact on different areas of your life. Like you said, you know, it might also impact your relationship and impact the way, you know, that you deal with food. So it would have a, um, a facet of different things that it would cover because you're not just getting rid of one belief, but you're getting rid of all the beliefs that were stacked upon that one belief. That makes so much sense. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of times that after or in the session, you hit those limiting beliefs, you tackle that piece, and then you change how your the downloads in your brain. Mm -hmm. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So basically, um, theta healing is really an intuitive modality. So we witness the changes, um, intuitively, you know, psychically, intuitively, whatever you sort of prefer. Um, so with that, Basically, we change up depending on where the belief is as well. So, you know, it's really we always as a practitioner, you will sort of know where it's coming from, whether it's the core, the genetic, the history or the soul level. Um, so we will witness it being released, the belief um, and all the negative emotions attached with it, um, whether and sometimes, you know, a particular belief can have negative emotions attached to it, but it can also have trauma, pain, suffering 
Um, so we re- we watch all of that being released and then we witness the downloads going in. And basically the way that happens is that when the downloads go in, it, um, it changes, you know, those neurological pathways. So then that way your, your brain fires off in a different way. Do you just feel so rewarded at the end of your day knowing that you are allowing this space for people to heal? It's really very much a blessing, to be completely honest. Um, and sometimes I sort of, um, you know, when I do my gratitude or writing my gratitude journal, like I'll be bawling my eyes out with gratitude because I just feel, you know, so blessed to be able to do something that I love so much um, and to be able to help so many people. So it is really, really a blessing. I also am always really interested when I speak with healers of knowing, does it, as, as so rewarding as that is, do you feel like you need to do things to replenish your tank? Because it's very exhausting to take on other people's emotions and pain and suffering and trauma and see that. Do you, yeah. do you feel that way at all, Georgie? Um, I do get, you know, if I've had uh, back-to-back sessions, I, I find I get tired. Um, but I've, I've sort of, I guess, had to learn not to take on people's emotions because, you know, if I take on their emotions and I take on their pain and suffering, that really hinders my ability to help them even more um, because then I get sort of bogged down by the drama of it. And so then I'm not a clear conduit for that session. Um, So I've had to sort of learn how to not do that so that I can be there for that person and give them the very, very best session that they can possibly get. Um, so that's been a learning process of on its own. Um, but definitely I have to do certain things every day. I'm very much a regimented person because of that. Um, so I will meditate every day. I write 10 things I'm grateful for in my gratitude journal every day. I always do a theta healing session on myself as well to clear anything that's sort of going on with me. And my other thing that I do every day is go to the gym as well. And I tend to do that at the end of the day, not at the beginning, because it's my way of sort of letting off steam from the whole day. Mm. Yeah. Such great things. I love to get everybody's insight on how they take care of themselves. And because there seems to be a lot of parallels, but they're always uniquely different enough just to serve that specific person. Yeah, exactly. And you've just got to do what works for you at the end of the day you know it doesn't really matter what everybody else is doing out there but if you can figure out what works for you and you do that every day that's really all that matters Mm, that's such great advice too is tuning out the white noise of you need to go to the gym in the morning because that does this or you need like just do it when it works a hundred percent. Like I am not a morning person to be honest with you. So for me, you know, I struggle a little bit to get up in the morning. So that's just an added pressure to then have to get up earlier to go to the gym. So it just works that bit better for me to sort of go in the afternoon and not just that though, because I do sometimes have stressful days or they can be really um, tough days. You know, if you're, if you're helping someone with um, abuse or trauma, you know, that can be, you know, weigh you down a little bit as well. So having that outlet at the end of the day to be able to sort of like get whatever sort of, you know, any um, residue that's sort of left over from the day, sort of smash it out in my workout. And then I feel great after that. Hmm. 
And uh, we can come back again to how wonderful Georgie is doing. Not only did her sore throat want to deter her, but she's not a morning person. And it is early in Australia. Well, yeah, when we started, it was 7 (laughs) a.m. So for somebody who's not a morning person, we greatly applaud you. Yeah, I have amazing people around me. So I had a friend um, that messaged and called to make sure I was up and my sister came in my room and opened my light and was like, get up. So I have amazing support, which is so, so wonderful and beautiful. So I'm very, very lucky <laughs> in that sense. Yeah. Totally. a little. Yeah, we, we love that support system. Yeah. And do you feel like that really helps you and allow you to do all of the healing that you do, that you get that replenish back to you a little bit? Yeah. And um, the, the wonderful thing for me is as well that, you know, I, the way I actually got into Thede Healing was one of my very, very close friends. Her mum does Thede Healing as well. So she, you know, my friend does Thede Healing, her mum does Thede Healing. Um, so for me as well to have people in my life that are so close to me that also um, do this modality, um, participate in the modality, know about it, you know, is really, really great for me because then I have someone that I can turn to if I need help for something or if I just want to talk about a particular thing uh, because they understand where I'm also coming from. So that helps a lot. But, it, yeah, the support is absolutely everything. Um, and I'm so blessed that I have it now. Uh, I didn't always have it though. So for anybody that's out there that's listening to this and thinking, oh, you know, she's got all this support, you know, I didn't have that at the beginning. When I first started off my journey in 2012, I actually, I decided that, you know, I wanted to change my life. And so at that particular point, you know, when I looked at the friendships that I had, um, at the time I was listening, um, to Tony Robbins and he was like, you know, the people that you surround yourself with, you become. And I realized that the people that I was surrounding myself with were really, you know, sort of negative individuals at that time. Um, And there were a lot of toxic relationships. So I sort of did the tough thing of just cutting them all out. Um, So which left me basically with no friends. Um, Yeah. So I went through a period of my life there where I didn't, have any friendships I had no you know I had the fam, the support of my family but I didn't have any friends in that aspect because I wanted to change my life and as I committed to changing my life and I really sort of um, dug into it and I read as many self-development books as I could I even went you know twice to see Tony Robbins live and all that kind of stuff um, that's when the friends started coming in and they were really empowering uplifting friends that you know, I, I don't know where I would be without them now. So if you're out there and you don't have the support, it's okay. Just continue on your journey, continue doing what you're doing, continue, you know, um, delving within yourself to clear those beliefs or whatever's going on with you and the friends will show up. Really coming back full circle to what you said before too, it's even if it's friendships and toxic relationships that you're staying in, we stay in them because they feel comfortable and we know them. And it's very scary to think that you might be in a space where you don't have friendships, even if it isn't a great relationship they're serving you with. It's still a familiarity. It's still somebody that you could lean on. And to be very bold enough to say, but for me, I'm going to do what is ultimately best. And then I'm going to open up space to yeah. draw in things that will better serve me. 
Yeah, and it is really, really tough. You know, years ago when I started this journey, I was in a very, very um, emotionally abusive relationship with a certain individual and I remember just thinking this is not what I want to be in but I was so afraid to have to start over again that I stayed in that relationship for way longer than I should have you know because I was just so afraid of being on my own of then having to start over and then start dating again and you know changing my entire life because it's essentially what happens you know if if you're in a relationship with someone and you're no longer with them after being with them for such a long time, it feels like you have to start over again and literally change your whole life. And it can be really scary. But, you know, looking back now, that was the best thing I ever did. Um, so, yes, it's tough. But sometimes you've just got to believe in yourself, you know, because at the end of the day, you wake up there you are, you go to sleep, there you are, you walk down the street, there you are, you're always with yourself, always. Yes, you might be in a relationship with someone, but you're just holding their hand. You're not in their consciousness. You're not thinking what they're thinking. You're not experiencing what they're experiencing. They're just a part of your journey. They're just a part of your experience. But at the end of the day, you are with you. So you've got to do what is right for you. You've got to live your best life. You've got to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And at the end of the day, if that just means getting out of that toxic relationship, believe in you. It doesn't matter if you don't have the external support. If you believe in you and you believe that you can do it, then you are already winning. So beautiful. You, you said earlier the only two, your constant is change and yourself. Mm. Like those are exactly. your two constants. 100%. Georgie, where can everybody find you? Where can they book a session with you or just come to you and ask you any questions or any more that they have about all yeah, the work so that you do? There's three platforms that I use, which is um, Instagram, Facebook, and my website. So basically you can send me a DM in Instagram or Facebook and I will always respond. Um, and it's just my name at Georgie Maroudis. Um, and then my website, which is Um, In terms of sessions as well, you can either message me via social media or via my website. Um, I do prefer to usually have a conversation with someone and see what's going on first before I book a session in, which is just how I work. So on my website, um, even if you go to the work with me section, that down the bottom of the pages, there will be a sort of like let's chat message box. Um, so just leave your details there, um, email me and I will get back to you as quickly as humanly possible in regards to sessions and stuff like that. Um, so that's generally the best way to sort of get in contact with me um, and even if you're just you know wanting some inspiration or some motivation um, I try and post as much of that as possible on my social media pages as well so yeah go over there and have a look and everything's in the show notes so all the spelling and everything will be linked so everybody can just check out those show notes and find Georgie and I Amazing. always like to yeah, I love to end the episode always with a few questions. Yeah. And the first question is, what is your super weapon? What would you say is your superpower? I would say my superpower is my awareness and my intuitive abilities. That would be my superpowers. Yeah. Which would make you a very great healer. <laughs> yes, indeed. And what does being fierce mean to you? 
Ooh. Being fierce, I would say, is having that inner strength, that inner courage to be who you are, to be your authentic self um, unapologetically, you know, without being sorry about anything, you know, just being who you are, living your life the way that you choose to live your life um, and doing, following your heart, following your path, following your journey unapologetically and being you. So beautiful. I love that. Georgie, thank you so much for doing this today. Thank you much, so much for saying my sore throat is not going to keep me down <laughs> and for sharing everything that you did. You would never know that this was not something that you necessarily felt comfortable doing because you spoke so wonderfully and so beautifully. And I can't wait for all of the listeners to go and see you on Instagram and Facebook and to book a session with you. So thank you so much. No, thank you so much for having me. You know, it's just been obviously an amazing journey for me leading up to today, but I really, really appreciate you taking the time to interview me as well. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fears podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.